The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Hello, Power Partners, and welcome to another installment of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It is a power party here, and my name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are the Stella Donut Goddess Gals, bringing you positive, upbeat, life-changing talk radio every single week because we're a show about following your heart and doing what you love. Now, in today's Hour of Power, Heather and I are going to talk about earthquakes and how to be prepared. And in following segments, we're going to investigate some of the sweepstakes scams. Boy, that's a good tongue twister. Going on, provide some health tips, uh, let you know how you can clean your vegetables, administer CPR, book uh, your memory, protect your skin. And then we're going to go into the garden for some of Monet's Masterpiece Makeover. So it's a terrific Tool for Living program today. Turn up the volume, tweet your friends, invite them to join our party. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Star Style Productions. If you are an author, an entrepreneur, a business person who meets the press, you may need some media training. Call 925-377-7827 to schedule your appointment. And this is from Ann Rand, American novelist and philosopher, Ethics is a code of values which guide our choices and our actions and determine the purpose and course of our lives. It's interesting, Mm -hmm. Heather, how these quotes that were written, you know, she's from 1903, she was born. When we talk about ethics, you know, that they're just everlasting. It's like they're evergreen. They never, ever go out of style. You know, integrity is integrity is integrity, right? And it just needs to be used more in today's society. Yes, isn't that the truth? Well, before we go into uh, a, a quaking situation, I just wanted to announce, if you go to embracingmyjourney.com today, you can read um, a, a blog called Passions into Profits that I've written. I'm the guest blogger on uh, embracingmyjourney.com, and this is a website that, like our radio show, is all inspirational and positive 
and helps people to live better lives. So go to embracingmyjourney.com. You can see my blog and then lots of other powerful people's blogs. Well, earthquakes, aha. We quake in our boots. I mean, just hearing the name. I know people from other states, they say, oh, my gosh, I would not want to live in California. There's so many earthquakes. Well, do a, a Google search. And today I did one to find out what were the latest quakes this week. I found over 200 earthquakes in the last week somewhere in the world. And in just the last few hours, and this is what is really crazy, in the last few hours we have had three uh, major quakes. Uh, One Mm -hmm. in Japan, a 7.1. One in Baja, California, 4.3. And one in Veracruz, Mexico, a 6.5. So quakes are everywhere. They, they're happening. And what Heather and I want to talk about today is how are you prepared for the next quake? What can you do to be safe? And I know that with all of the research she does, she's got lots more information. So, Heather, why don't we rock and roll, literally, and let's talk earthquakes. And that was, so, you know, one of the initial things that brought this up is, here in Sydney, it's just been just a little over a year since um, last year's Easter quake. Um, Easter fell at a different time last year, and it actually surpassed. So last year in California, there was a big um, Easter quake here, and that kind of really got people shaken up. And as the news has shown in the past uh, couple of weeks regarding what's gone on in Japan, and as a result of that earthquake, a tsunami occurred, and I found it um, just ironic and heartbreaking that today when we were doing the topic that yet again there was another um, huge earthquake in Japan again. I feel like they just can't get a break. No, and yeah, 7.1. Yeah, it's terrible. I, uh, and, this, you know, something to consider, too, is in life we're all about preparation. There's, However, there's things we can't avoid, that um, the earth is a giant rock. It's plate tectonics of that the earth is constantly moving and breathing. And small little quakes are actually good for us. It's sort of like uh, someone coming up for air. If you hold it too long, you need to take a big breath. But if you, you know, get little ones, so little quakes are good. And each day... Yeah, it releases the pressure, basically. Exactly. And each day, as you probably seen, there's various websites you can go to. There are, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to say hundreds, but there are multiple, multiple earthquakes every single day. Most of them are out into the ocean that no one is even aware of. They're so so minor, but they're constantly having. The earth is constantly moving, breathing, shape, uh, plates are shifting. But with all that being said, of all these things that geologists, um, they look into it, they're seeing patterns, um, you know, trying to accurately guess of when the next things are going to come. We still don't ever really know, and that's something that we're aware at some time in our life, that more quakes will be happening. And as they always say, the biggest one, the big one will be coming, even though we've had rather large ones, is kind of to be uh, expect the unexpected. So being ready in life for these little, for these earthquakes, because you never know, especially living here in California and being on so many fault lines of what can happen. I know growing up as a kid um, in elementary school, they always had us on the first day of school, we had to bring these little, like, emergency kit, you know, a snack, a water, um, some food that wouldn't go bad, and they'd practice drills with us. And as a child, you know, as uh, elementary school, that seems it actually is really vital. So my first thing when kind of plan for um, the having an emergency kit just on hand is get a big, I say the big, go to the container store, um, get a large plastic container, Tupper, large Tupperware container that can hold a lot. 
And the basic things to put in it, say water, at least you want to have at least one gallon of water per person per day. So You know, I want to jump in there to say something that we always have done here at the house, and I still do it, is if you use bleach at all, um, that if you, when the bleach is empty, just fill it up with water and stick it in your garage or in a closet or whatever, because those are in gallons, and that tiny little bit of bleach that's left in the water keeps it pure for quite a long time. So that's a wonderful way to store water is in, you know, used bleach bottles, and then you always know that you're going to have some. Yeah, and I recommend making a disaster. I think it's going to have little mini disaster kits, you know, one by your bed. So making a big one for your household, make it that it's sustainable for three days. And the essence that if you were to be trapped, that you would be found, um, or that at least knowing that you'd be able to survive. So keep in mind, um, I'm going over here, this is a three-day survival kit. So base it off of you and all the remaining people in your household. So I recommend one gallon of water per person. So if it's just you, then just one gallon uh, per person per day. Um, But also ration out thinking about how many people as well as pets that would be there. Food, um, make sure checking expiration date, as much as we want to bear away from preservatives, it would be good to put in, you know, granola bars, some canned um, food with a can opener, and make sure to check um, expiration dates. And, and again, as I hope, you know, a disaster never comes, but if you um, do have things, make sure you check your disaster kit every year and take out any possible um, expired goods as well. One thing is to have a flashlight in there and make sure you have good batteries. And, and, you know, I want to say something, too, about the flashlight and the batteries because this is all so important. Is so often we put the batteries in the flashlight and then the button gets turned on and you go to use it and it's no good anymore. So a suggestion is is just put the batteries in like a Ziploc bag and rubber band them to the flashlight or tape them to the flashlight or something. But don't put them in the flashlight until you actually need them. Exactly. And, that's and, that, the and again, that's the radio. Thing too, I would say... You know, if we're saying that if nothing has happened in the past year, make it just as with your spring cleaning of once a year, check that disaster kit. Um, as well as, you know, I recommend putting in a, a sturdy pair of solid you know, tennis shoes, something so that if there's broken glass or you need to be moving, walking somewhere, that you have correct and proper um, footwear to protect you. So, And, you know, you, you said children, earlier, Heather, um, about having a small kit like near your bed. What you just said about tennis shoes, I know that after our big quake here in San Francisco, it was recommended to have, well, always have shoes near your bed. And ever since then, I just bought a pair of tennis shoes. I put them under my bed, and they're, they're there, ready to go. So it would be a good idea to have the shoes right next to your bed. You just don't know when it's going to happen. Exactly, exactly. And my thing again about updating, if you have small children, just make sure, you know, you're updating that kit that if, you know, if you've made that kit when your children were five and now they're 12, those shoes aren't going to fit anymore. So <laughs> constantly updating it, just taking it once a year, taking out anything that is good or bad, having a small, a little emergency kit. In my house, I took an old uh, fish tackle box, and because it has all those small compartments, I'm not fishing, obviously, so I'm pregnant <laughs> to have Band-Aids in it, uh, alcohol swabs, uh, medicine, you know, anti diarrhea just a small little kit like that. You can even, you know, just taking a Ziploc bag and putting anything. If there's any particular medications, an EpiPen, if you have anyone that has any serious allergies. And again, too, if you have medications in there, to once a year be checking on those 
because medications do expire. So make sure that you don't have any expired ones. Um, also one thing too, uh, uh, to put in Ziploc bags in case you need to be picking up things. Um, a pair of scissors um, as well as a hammer, some nails, possibly even a staple gun, any kind of possible tools you might need to um, build something or possibly even to help you escape out of something. Um, other recommending is making a small kit next to the bed. I have a small Tupperware one that has my shoes, a bottle of water, granola bar, um, a pen, and some paper in there, and a small and a flashlight. Just some essential things. Also in there, you can put um, in your big kit as well. You can put walkie-talkies if you need to. In this day and age, with everyone having cell phones, but there could be the possibility that landlines are down. So going back to the old ways of um, of having. Uh, these walkie-talkies that could be an effective way um, as well of getting through. Well, I remember, again, not to seem to go back so far in history, but I, I'm sure you remember it, even though you were just a teeny little girl, is the big quake of uh, 1989 here in San Francisco. And in those days, I did not have a cell phone. And all the power lines were down, and all the landline phones were down, and it was a couple of days, and the only people that could reach anybody were people on cell phones. So that was extremely in, in, important. And when you, you talk about um, the kits, I do think keeping a safety kit in your car is a good idea. I know when that earthquake hit, I was not at home. It took me 12 hours to get home, and um, it was a really a frightening, horrible time. So... I think having a safety kit in your car would be a great idea as well. And then we're going to talking about now you know what to have in your kit, of what to do and where to do. So a lot of times, even though we're told these things, um, our first thing is just to panic. And so if, if you are able to first thing, compel yourself, look at your situation, and then realize these certain steps. So. I just want to kind of go over based on your surrounding of what would be the safest measure for you. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Are you so, going to talk about, like, securing your belongings and things exactly. at home? Exactly. So if oh, you great. know, in the instance, so if you are happen to be when an earthquake hits, if you happen to be indoors when the shaking starts, drop, cover, and hold on. And if you're near a strong table or a desk, go under, um, under the desk, cover your head, neck. That's the most important thing, making sure, um, you know, that, that uh, nothing's going to fall on your head. Uh, avoid windows because glass could break, hanging objects, mirrors, tall furniture, or large appliances that are not secured into the wall. Um, you don't want a bookcase falling on you or anything. A lot of things in California after the big quake, people began to secure things into their household. Um, but in all, if, whether if you're not in California or if you're in a house that doesn't have things secured into it, don't stand next to a large object thinking it will protect you because it may actually fall on you. Also, don't try to run out of the structure while it's shaking. So if you're in a house, first thing people, their initial reaction is they want to flee the scene. Don't because in that possibility something could fall on you. You could trip. Um, just stay, as I said, stop, drop, kind of like fire, stop, drop, and cover. Um, until the first initial shaking has uh, stopped. If you happen to be in a downtown area, it's actually safer for you to remain um, inside the building unless there's a fire or a gas leak um, or, you know, there's no open windows. So um, also, you know, as I said, staying away from glass windows or if you happen to be, you know, avoid taking any escalators or electronical things, take the stairs and make sure, you know, stay there until the area is secured 
unless there's a fire um, or any gas and something you immediately need to get out. If you happen to be outdoors, actually move to an area um, that you could safely walk to, an area that doesn't have power lines, trees, uh, tall fences. If you're driving, um, it's better to pull off to the side of the road and stop. Um, turn on your hazards as well, and if you're on the beach, move to higher ground. As we all know, that in the aftermath of um, earthquakes, depending on if you're in a beach area, there is a very high potential for a tsunami to occur. Which, you um, know, so we never think about a tsunami. When that happened back in, in uh, Southeast Asia a couple years ago, it was just, you know, unbelievable tragedy and who would have thought when you're on vacation that something like that will happen so it's important that we're bringing this to the to the information so in case of uh if you're on the beach always think of a tsunami really good point heather yeah and and as you know um afterward they're beyond with an earthquake more than they're just being you know shakes and and damages is that it causes other things is that it can cause flash flooding if you're in beach areas it can cause um, a tsunami can cause a tidal wave. It can cause fires. So be really secure of your area of having that disaster plan, as well as if um, speak with your family that if everyone is, as we all plan for the unexpected, so of course everyone is going to be in five different places, um, won't happen to be you know at home next to the kit, make sure you have a plan that if there is um, an earthquake, where will we go, what will we meet, um, kind of a meetup plot because if you don't have electronical communication, how will you find your family? How will you meet up with people? Um, where's the safe haven? So make sure you have a designated spot, um, emergency contact numbers. Everything's set up so everyone is aware of what what is to happen. What is the action plan? Um, again, rehearse it. Again, these things that could sound silly now, but when it comes into those minds, so people that that were precautious that end up you know in better situations. So, again, just making it really, um, if an earthquake is to hit, be really aware of your surroundings of what to do. If you're outside, move to an area that has no trees or power lines. If you're inside, duck under something that's secure and safe. If you're driving, pull over. There's a big chance there could be up tears in the road. You don't. In San Francisco, we saw the bridge collapse. Oh, that, so yeah. um, really just being cautious of it and, again, having that plan of where will you meet up, what will you do, what next, and being ready for that. And that's also something to look into um, regarding for homeowners. A lot of insurances, that isn't part of it. So find out what is and isn't covered in your insurance plans. Find out costs. That's the whole thing. You never think it will happen, and then it does. Find out what is and isn't covered um, with your insurance company, and if you how much it would cost, or what where you need to go to get these additional coverages. Because sometimes they may have, um, you know, earthquake earthquake damage, but it doesn't cover the fact that fire damage because of the earthquake, a fire occurred and burnt down your house. So really look into that to protect yourself in longevity wise of after in the aftermath of the quake. Well, all excellent, excellent ideas. So. Just to recap all of Heather's ideas, you're going to look around your household and secure things that uh, are hazardous and fix them to the walls if they're unsecured. If you're at work, find out. You're going to make a plan with your family. And uh, you probably, if you're at work or school, you should do that too to plan for any kind of earthquake. You're going to pack your emergency disaster kits, and those are really crucial uh, for every member in your house needs to have at least one gallon of water per person per day 
And our suggestion is a disaster kit or uh, earthquake kit for your house, for your car. And did you also think one for the bedroom, too, or just one for the house? Yes, and fun budget. You can get these ready-made, too, at Costco and all that stuff. And one thing I, I also wanted to put in, I recommend even carrying it on your keychain with to put it in. Put a whistle. Attach, girl, do it now. Attach a whistle to your keychain or put a whistle in your kit. Oh, that's it there. Put that on that if you were to um, become covered in an area, um, if you, that you would have something that people could possibly hear you in order to locate you. Good um, job. And so, and then you're going to stop, drop, cover, and hold on. And, of course, if afterwards you'll check out the, all the safety to make sure that your family and everyone is safe, you'll meet up because you have a plan and then communicate with your insurance companies, and uh, you will recover from it. And there is a lot of information for you and survival kits online and in stores, and so make sure to check that out. We'll talk about CPR a little bit in the next segment. Heather, really great segment, very helpful. Give out the website. Most definitely. You want to go to beautystarur.org, beautystarur.com. HeatherBrittany.com, as well as CarmenCollections.com, both with a K. Well, thank you so much. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about some sweepstakes. Can't, oh, I still can't say that. Sweepstakes scams. I'm not doing voiceovers today. <laughs> and then we're also going to be talking some health tips, and we'll talk about some CPR so you can continue on with this earthquake coverage. Uh, we want you to be safe. Remember, stop, drop, cover, and hold on. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Like there are personal trainers at the gym, these days there are personal trainers for careers. These executive coaches help everyone from CEOs to the young entrepreneurs set priorities and follow through on business plans. Good career coaches ask questions about your values and goals and help you devise a plan to meet them. Then they motivate you to focus and encourage you to achieve your dreams. Today's coaches will work with clients not only on job challenges, but also family issues, social lives, artistic aspirations, and spiritual needs. Some call them life coaches, life success coaches, and good coaches will ask lots of questions. But before hiring a coach, make sure you're the one that asks a few questions, get references from satisfied customers. The profession isn't licensed or regulated, but a good coach will help you make changes that are for the better and turn your life around. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style with another business bite. And if you'd like professional coaching, call 925-377-7827 or visit star-style.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. 
Listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Be the star you are. You are the star. Positive, uplifting, life changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach here on World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk and listen. Our purpose is to provide this radio program for you so that you know that you already possess everything you need to be the writer, the producer, the director, and the star of your own life. We have three rules, smile, have fun, and be willing to be wild and wacky. And the program is brought to you under the species of Be the Star You Are charity empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive media, such as this radio show. Well, since we were just talking about earthquakes, I, I remembered and I wanted to tell you that in the book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, which you can find at our website, bethestaryouare.com, there is a fantastic chapter that's called The Gift of optimism, and it's all about the earthquake. And I thought I would just read this to you quickly before we get on with the rest of our program. It's during the greatest tragedies and most trying circumstances that we must be idealistic and optimistic. On October 17, 1989, at 5.04 p.m., San Francisco came uncomfortably close to the long-awaited big one. The Loma Prieta earthquake registered 7.1 on the Richter scale and was responsible for 66 deaths 3,757 injuries, and $10 billion in damage. Other parts of the world have had to deal with tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, and freezes, so we Californians usually feel fortunate to live here. However, nature occasionally reminds us that she is the boss, and in 15 seconds, the 1989 earthquake makes the preciousness of life immensely clear. I was on the fourth floor of our design center in San Francisco, helping a client choose some mirrors. And just as an aside, I was doing, um, and I'm an ASID member, I was doing interior design, and we have a beautiful San Francisco Design Center. So I am talking about myself here. I wrote this chapter. Suddenly the the building began to rumble and shake violently back and forth. Glass shattered all around us. Unable to stay on our feet, we plopped down on all fours and crawled for cover. The sound was deafening but we stayed surprisingly calm. When the shaking stopped, we worked our way cautiously down darkened stairways to the street. We emerged into bright sun and the frightening sight of scattered bricks and broken glass everywhere. My first thought were for my young children at home on the other side of the bay with a babysitter. I dashed to a payphone because I didn't have a cell phone, but it had no dial tone. My client and I headed for our cars, planning to get out of the city as quickly as possible. At this point, we had no concept of the destruction caused by the biggest earthquake to hit Northern California since 1906. As we neared the Bay Bridge, we saw cars trying to back down the approach ramps. We assumed that there was just a traffic jam, and not knowing that a portion of the bridge had collapsed, we continued on. My client then suggested we try an alternate route out of the city, driving through the marina and over to Golden Gate Bridge. 
We didn't know that the marina was on fire. It took us over six hours to travel a distance that usually takes 20 minutes. The scene became more surreal. Geysers were shooting up from broken water pipes. Sections of the streets were either raised or lowered several feet. Power was off. No traffic lights worked. Volunteers were directing traffic at major intersections. A frightened woman in her car stopped next to us and called over, I've been in hurricanes, tornadoes, and fires, and I've even been robbed at gunpoint, but I've never been in anything like this. Well, be all right, I reassured her. Just keep going. Well, we had to stop several times to try to phone home, but without success. I tried to be optimistic, but as darkness fell, we saw flames rising in the distance. The air smelled sharply of acrid smoke and helicopters rumbled endlessly overhead. It felt like a war zone. Broken gas mains began spewing gas and mud several feet in the air. Firefighters were shouting, get back, get back. Buildings were collapsing. It was as if I was acting in a bad disaster movie, but this was all real. As we struggled with the here and now, both our thoughts were across the bay with our families. Were they all right? Was everything okay? Or were they worse? When my clients and I actually reached an area where we could receive some radio transmissions, we learned that the Bay Bridge had been severely damaged and the Cypress Freeway had collapsed, killing several people. People were trapped in the rubble and rescue teams were valiantly trying to reach them. Perhaps it was fortunate that so many people had taken the afternoon off to attend or watch on television three of the World Series being held right here in San Francisco. It was Game 3 of the World Series. More people in office buildings or on the roads during rush hour might have meant more lives lost. Twelve hours later, I drove up my driveway. My home was still standing, and my husband and children were alive and well. There was some damage inside the home, and nothing compared to the ruin and chaos in San Francisco City itself. I hugged my children like I'd never hugged them before, My son, who was young at the time, had not been scared. He said he saw the earthquake as a good chance to practice the survival skills that he had been taught. When the earthquake started, he sprang into action, grabbing his little sister and going to the center of the lawn where there were no trees or electrical wires or anything that could fall on them. The babysitter quickly followed, ready to calm them, but found that our son had been enjoying being in charge, and he was the one that was calming them. Once the shaking stopped, he went around the house, assessed the damage, and made sure that there, was n- there were no water leaks or gas leaks. Then he carefully set out an emergency earthquake kit that we had prepared just in case. He was only eight. Heather, on the other, t- on the other end, who was just four, was interviewed later by a local newspaper reporter. Were you scared when you heard that the Bay Bridge had collapsed? Did you think that maybe your mommy was there, she was asked. No, I wasn't scared for Mommy. I knew that if the bridge fell down and her car fell in the water, she would just swim home. Well, Heather has always been the optimist. But optimism doesn't mean life will be perfect, just that we can imagine positive outcomes. It's in the most dire tragedies and circumstances that we must be idealistic and optimistic. Optimists live longer, healthier lives than pessimists, even though the pessimists may have a more accurate assessment of the situation. Every day around the world, ordinary people are dying in wars and catastrophic acts of nature. Without optimism, how can we pick up the pieces of our lives and have faith in the future? Optimism offers the hope of a tomorrow in the face of uncertainty. Given a choice, we'll have the power to write a happy ending. And as Heather always does, 
I do write a happy ending. An optimist sees a potential opportunity in every calamity, and a pessimist sees a potential calamity in every opportunity. If you'd like to read more stories, you can pick up a copy of Be The Star You Are at bethestarur.com. Now, talking about uh, calamities and CPR, I wanted to go a little bit into some health tips that would be helpful for you since we're talking about earthquakes today. Have you had CPR training? If not, it's a good idea to uh, take a course. You can usually find them at your local community center. Senior centers have them, and even the fire department. So if you go to a local fire department, you can do it. If you haven't had it, this is an important update. Experts are advising the general public to forego mouth-to-mouth breathing. The American Heart Association now advises lay rescuers, that would be you and I, and anyone who hasn't had CPR class. I have taken CPR. I try to keep it up. But to skip the mouth-to-mouth breathing altogether when performing CPR and simply to focus on the downward pumping of the person's chest. And why, you're probably asking, Well, recently, more than 350 resuscitation experts from around the world, after examining evidence and reviews and had extensive discussions, they determined that CPR done without mouth-to-mouth rescue breathing is easier for most lay people and works just as well on people who are in cardiac arrest. So if an adult collapses and is unresponsive, The American Heart Association advises you to take the following steps to help revive him or her. First of all, call 911. Uh, If your phones are down, hopefully your cell phone will be working. Uh, Lean directly over the victim and place the heel of one hand in the center of his or her chest and then place your other hand on top of the first. Push hard and fast on the center of the chest, delivering at least 100 compressions per minute. Then continue to provide chest compressions until help arrives. Now, the American Heart Association still recommends training and certification in CPR and advises those who have gone through such classes to perform CPR as trained. But if you haven't been trained, do what I was just saying. A couple of other good tips, and this doesn't really have to do with our earthquake preparedness, but just for general health is uh, as a gardener, I pick my fruits and vegetables directly from the garden every day, and I know that they're healthy and they're pesticide-free. So that is is wonderful. But for people who are buying your fruits and vegetables from the store, from farmer's markets or whatever, do you know how to clean your fruits and veggies and how to remove the harmful bacteria and chemicals? Foodborne illnesses from fruits and vegetables have more than... uh, quadrupled uh, during the past 10 years. And that's one more reason why you should always wash all your produce first, even if you're going to slice it or peel it. Some people think that if you're going to peel it, that you don't have to wash it. But let me tell you, if you're using a knife, that knife can transfer the bacteria from the outside in. So first of all, you cut away the bruised areas because bacteria can also enter from an area that is bruised. Here are some other options for washing away the health hazards, such as pesticides, bacteria, waxes, and salts. Water. Now, the U.S. Department of Agriculture recommends washing with cold tap water and using a brush on produce with firm surfaces, such as potatoes and apples. And I also want to tell you, you know, I raise chickens and I have eggs, and you are not supposed to wash your eggs until you're going to use them. And when you do wash them, wash them with cold water. Warm water 
pushes the bacteria in through the shell into the egg. And by washing them before you're going to use them, you have a bigger chance of having bacteria enter your eggs. Store-bought product wash. They might be convenient, and these products are good as long as you read the instructions and you avoid products that have chemicals, preservatives, or artificial ingredients. Now, one of the best ways to wash your fruit and vegetables, and it's kind of an old wives' tale, but it really works, is to use a spray bottle with vinegar and water. You put one cup of white vinegar, three cups of water, and it'll wash off all the residual um, pesticides, and then you just can rinse it with regular water afterwards. So that is a good, healthy tip for you. Now, um, another tip for your toolkit for health what about chocolate? I, everyone seems to know that chocolate can actually boost your heart health. Cocoa contains the polyphenols and the flavonoids that are powerful antioxidants that appear to protect our cells from damage that are caused by environmental contaminants and that hike up our bad cholesterol. So recent studies are showing that flavonoids reduce the stickiness of the blood platelets and that lowers the risk of blood clots and coronary artery blockages. Flavonoids also make blood vessels more flexible and help reduce blood pressure. So you want to know these facts. Uh, you have to also know that most chocolate, especially chocolate bars, is highly processed, and therefore most of its heart-healthy flavonoids have been eliminated, and the fat in the chocolate might outweigh any benefits that you're going to get. So if you are going to indulge in your chocolate cravings, and I do, but just make sure to check the label and you want to choose a quality dark, dark chocolate, not milk, dark chocolate that contains at least 70% of cocoa solids. And then avoid products with a label that reads produced with alkali, which is just low in flavonoids. So that is a little bit of chocolate for your for your heart health. Now, um, guided imagery, and then we'll get to the scams. I want to uh, just tell you a little bit about some guided imagery. Guided imagery uses relaxation techniques and visualization of detailed images to promote health. So it's like a portable stress reliever that anybody can carry with them. Cancer patients are taught to use it. I used it when my dad was sick with cancer also when my mom was, and it, it's a great encouragement to use guided imagery to picture your body fighting and conquering the disease. Now, of course, more research is needed in all of this, but any technique that can have multiple benefits and include your quality of life is worth doing. When we come back from break, I will talk to you about some sweet scams, and then we'll go into the garden for a Monet's makeover. I am Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I'll be right back. Stay with me. Do not go away. More to come. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan. Brian is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thanks for staying with us. We are having a lot of fun here today because we are learning a lot. Today is one of those infotainment shows where we're talking about earthquakes and health and preparedness. And now I really I want to talk to you a bit about some sweepstake uh, scams that have been going on and continue to go on. You know, I've been thinking a lot in these economic times about greed, and greed is really out there. It, it seems that no matter how much integrity we want to have in our lives, there's always people who don't have any. And Instead, they're out to separate you from your dollars. And I want to make sure that every, well, I don't know about every week, but as much as possible here on Star Sale, Be the Star You Are, we bring you the factual information and tools that can help you be safe and to live a happy life and to avoid the scams. So the, what we're talking about today is uh, the sweepstakes scams that are going on and I've gotten information from David Horowitz, who is a leading consumer advocate, and his website is fightback.com. And it, it's important for consumers to recognize the difference between a lottery or a sweepstakes and one that's legitimate and one that's fraudulent. And although winning a sweepstakes could be a dream come true, it really can become a nightmare if you are a victim of a scam. So here are some of the top warning signs that a sweepstakes is a fraud. And I'm going to start saying that word 20 times. I'm going to start doing it in my acting classes as a tongue twister because I love it. If you are asked to pay to receive a prize, then it is a sure sign of a scam. 
Legitimate sweepstakes don't ask you to pay fees to participate or to receive a prize. You should never have to pay handling charges, service fees, or any other charges up front in order to win. And, and anything legitimate always will say no purchase necessary. So when it is a contest or a sweepstakes, something like that, it is a no purchase necessary. The sweepstakes uses a free email account. If you notice a win notice claiming to be from a big company like Publishers Clearinghouse or something, but it's arrived on Yahoo.com or, you know, it has a Hotmail or a Gmail or a Ymail, you are surely dealing with a scam. If you've never heard of the contest that you supposedly won and, like, you Google it or look it up and you can't find it, well, it would be that it is also a scam because the only sweepstakes that you can win are the ones that you enter. So if you didn't even enter, be cautioned. You may receive a notification that you can cash this check, but once you do, it is going to be fraudulent. If you receive a large check with a notification, don't be fooled into thinking that you won something. Many con artists send counterfeit checks along with their phony win notifications. And if you cash a fraudulent check, it's actually a crime. You can be liable for the fines. You can even undergo closure of your bank account. And you can lose the money that you wire. So any legitimate sweepstakes require affidavits before sending out any prize of more than $600. So beware. If you are instructed to wire money anywhere, that is the biggest, biggest one. It is usually criminals like to use like Western Union to receive these uh, illicit funds, and it's impossible. It's impossible to trace where the money came from. So Western Union transfers are handled just like cash, so you can't get your money back when you do it. And I know when we were trying to rent um, uh, part of Heather's apartment out. We had all kinds of offers from all over the world of people who wanted to pay us more, and all we needed to do was, you know, they wanted to wire us money, and then we were going to wire them back something. Of course, we weren't going to do it. We knew they were scams, but just be careful. If you are pressured to act in a hurry, then it's probably a scam. Sweepstakes scammers have a very good reason for wanting you to act quickly. They want to ensure that you receive their money before the check bounces, or you read an article you know, like some of the, the articles that David writes, or you listen to a show like what I'm doing now and I tell you what a scam is. So if you feel like you're being pressured to make a decision, the answer is always no. No is a complete sentence. A bank and credit card info is required to get your price. You will never have to give your bank, uh, your Social Security number. Um, uh, you'll, well, you do have to give your Social Security number usually when they process your uh, award. However, they do not need your bank to verify your information. So if they ask for a credit card or your bank account, it's a huge red flag that you're dealing with a sweepstakes scam, and you don't ever want to hand over that information. I would not hand over any Social Security numbers either until you know that it is absolutely legitimate and you have checked it out. Um, if the win is from a lottery and you did buy a lottery ticket, you have to find the winning numbers in the newspaper, go online, or go to TV and compare them to your ticket because the lottery never contacts you. They don't know that you won. So if you won, um, if you get a notification saying that you won, of course it's a scam. How did anybody know that you had those numbers? So to protect yourself from lottery or sweepstakes uh, scams, just remember this. Don't send any money. 
don't pay any fees to claim prizes, and don't uh, believe that you have been notified for lottery winners. Don't open suspicious or unsolicited emails. Don't reply to spam emails. And, you know, he David um, advocates don't even reply to unsubscribe because when you reply to, you know, if you get an email and then you reply unsubscribe, they know that they have a live person because usually these are bots that are sending these out. Don't call a telephone number that you see in a spam email. Don't click on any links in a spam email or open files attached to them. If something looks too good to be true, it more than likely is too good to be true. So protect yourself, protect your family, protect your bank, protect your pocketbook, and just don't get scammed. For those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are a positive, upbeat talk radio show brought to the airwaves by Be the Star You Are charity and produced by Star Style Production. The goal is to empower you to be the best that you can be. We want you to visit BeTheStarYouAre.org and make a donation to the charity, Be The Star You Are. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you may contact us, radio at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Now, I love gardening. In fact, even today, especially if it's good weather, I try to spend at least two hours no matter what in the garden. I, I, a lot of people say, how do you get the time? Well, it's, you make time for things you want to do. People make time to exercise. People make time to watch television. I make time to garden. Claude Monet said, my garden is my most beautiful masterpiece. And I, it is one of my most beautiful as well. I, I swear, I, I'm a, it's my stress buster, I guess. Well, in my youth, when I still considered myself a farmer as opposed to a gardener, I viewed the magnificent oil painting, The Artist's Garden in Giverny, that was painted in 1900 by Claude Monet. It now hangs in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. But it was love at first sight, partly because the swaths of purple-bearded iris reminded me of my own fields of scented dreams on our farm, and also because as an apprentice artist, I ached to try my hand at dabbling in dots of light and color. At the time, I was a student living in Holland. Now, April in Lise in the Netherlands is breathtaking at the Kuchenhof because it's a sea of tulips in every color and shape that announced the first breath of spring. Wrapped in their winter wear and me wrapped in my coats, I was braving the frigid air, and I attempted to capture the splendor on canvas. But it wasn't until I arrived in Normandy that the artist in me was reborn as a gardener. Monet's garden mesmerized me. There are, were chickens and rabbits and a lush, harmonized estate of thousands of plantings, lovingly sewed. I strolled in wonder through a living painting, stopping to inhale the fragrance and to photograph the brilliance. I vowed that when I designed my first garden, it would be a tribute to the visions of Giverny and the Kuchenhof sensibilities. However, when I first started my acreage here, the acres of poison oak, blackberry bushes, wild grasses were daunting. My quest for an impressionistic garden was almost thwarted by the unproductive clay soil and the myriad of thistles and weeds and brush that needed to be cleared before I could begin propagating. While reading a biography of Monet, I noted that he had hauled countless railway wagon loads of topsoil to get his Giverny garden started. Well, I didn't need a railway, but I definitely needed truckloads of loam and compost. So with 
Copious amounts of aid from my Dutch and French inspiration, my horticultural passion was two years in the making before my painter's palette beds yielded armloads of flowers in tones of amethyst and rose and sapphire and indigo and vanilla and pale yellows and how delighted I was to witness my hillsides carpeted in these gorgeous colors carefully chosen for their beauty and their balance and their bounty. Of course, whenever you decide to do something in your garden that's in a certain color palette, Mother Nature usually intervenes, and she did, with a reminder that our climate zones differ. By cloaking my area in a fortnight of below freezing weather, and by time the earth thawed, my carefully designed dream had drowned, died, and decomposed. And the Dutch bulbs, they survived because they like cold, and they became the foundation of my masterpiece, Makeover. I was pretty heartbroken because of I had carefully planted my impressionistic garden to have just these beautiful colors of purples and pinks and blues and and some you know ivory colors and when it started to regrow it was more wild and tousled and it was more of a rainbow of colors there were reds and yellows and oranges and there were textures and plant specimens in my undulating fields that I had never planted but somehow they came back well, today my garden does boast some mementos from travels to spectacular gardens around the world, but my earliest affections for France and the, and the lowlands of Holland trump the others at this time of renewal. I still have Kuchenhoff tulips and daffodils in every hue that spring to life every April. I have Monet's irises that wave in the wind, wafting their heady perfume. My way, I like to sit right now and like on my creekside meditation meadow, listening to the gurgling waterfall, which last week in the rainfall was rushing. It was like overflowing. It, I, I tried to take videos. It was crazy. And there's the chirping of the nesting songbirds and the croaking toads, and they're doing their mating dance. Well, Monet planted to paint. I plant to pray. And in these stressful days, my garden decompresses any angst. Gardening is my universal language of love, and I luxuriate you know, freely and furiously in my cultivation. And however mediocre, imperfect, untamed, and unruly it is, it is still my personal masterpiece, and I call it my slice of heaven. I join Monet in explaining what I need most in all of life is flowers, flowers, always, always, always. And before I close today, I just want to give you a quick course on composting because without great soil, you will not have a great garden. And my garden is a kaleidoscope of colors and fragrances, but it, I have my compost to thank for it. So if you want to keep your kitchen sink clean with my super simple recipe for success to recycle and repurpose your waste, here goes. Keep a bowl or small container under your kitchen sink and every time you are preparing food, put the scraps, except for meat, into the container. You can put carrots, bananas, onion, garlic, uh, potato peels, you know, lettuce, vegetables, tea bags, coffee grounds, bread, eggshells, all kinds of organic things like that. Empty it each day into a five-gallon bucket. I put it in my garage. Don't leave it outside, otherwise you're going to get raccoons and skunks. When the bucket is filled, either dump it into a pile that you've created somewhere to compost, maybe on the side of your house, or get a purchase bin. I have both. I bought a purchase bin from the waste company that I put grass clippings and leaves and stuff in, and then I also have a pile. 
Add leaves, grass uh, clippings, wood chips, pine needles, straw, old flower arrangements, blossoms, anything that's not diseased. A lot of brown organic materials. And it's best to have three times as much brown as green. Then turn it with a pitchfork or some kind of spade. And as the weather warms, the uh, the decomposing will begin. And then when the mixture is rich, like chocolate cake, it crumbles, fills with worms, smells like good earth, it is ready for your garden. Voila, happy, healthy plants. So I wish you happy, happy gardener. Gardening, and it is springtime, so get out there and dig deep. Well, thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing both Heather and I into your life every week. We hope that our advice helps you have some fun, success, and keeps you healthy and happy. And next week, be listening. We're having some really big authors coming on, New York Times bestsellers. We can change your life and help you live your dreams. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. For information about Heather, go to heatherbrittany.com. And for the charity, it is bethestarur.org. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you to be your greatest self. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and we want you to celebrate every minute. We want you to read books because books are like a garden in your pocket. So until next week when we celebrate once again, my name is Cynthia Bryan. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself because you are a wonder of creation. From Star Style and from Be The Star You Are, thank you for joining us. And go out into the world and be the star you are. Until next week. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You.